Hello, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. Happy you guys. Sorry about the uh, confusion. But this is me, Kev Dillon, and Lee Cabin for the Black Country Blokes, and today we're joined by Lydia. Lydia, thank you ever so much for coming on. Hello, thank you for having me. It's very exciting. We're going to be talking about um, life on the streets and... Uh, how easy it is to get there and how difficult it is to get from there and you know having a life with less judgment but we're going to be talking about all that and plenty more in two seconds but as always we're going to talk about our gratitude list as always i've got plenty of stuff to be grateful for i'm grateful for everyone who donated money to big patrick's family and you know when in times of tragedy how wonderful the community is around you when you can all put your hands in your pocket and raise money uh, I've been run down lately, as I've said on the last show, feeling poorly, but I'm actually starting to feel well. And for that, I'm very grateful. Oh, Paul, what are you grateful for? <laughs> Hopefully this going out live. Because <laughs> I'm debating whether it is at the moment. Hopefully you're, you're listening in. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for family this week. We had a, um, and for the boxing club, we had a great boxing co- co- course up here this weekend uh, that you, your your dad run. Um yeah, it was a nice weekend for something I was dreading a bit, just because it's a weekend you've got to kind of give away. Um, we we had a good laugh and yeah, we we did it and it was good. Brilliant, Lydia. What are you grateful for? Yeah, I'm going to remember that really. I'm very grateful for my family. So we've had a, a newborn. So the nephew's about two months old now. Um, he was quite poorly over the weekend, but he's back home from hospital and uh, he's doing really well and he's beautiful. <laughs> so I'm very very grateful to have my lovely supportive family. And that's why I always like to start with gratitude because we can send ourselves in a rabbit hole of thinking the world's out to get us. And you've got to remind yourself you're having a bad day, you're having a bad week, you're having a bad month, but it doesn't mean you're having a bad life. So just hang on in there, guys, because these two shall pass and good days are, are just waiting for you. Mm. So, Lydia, tell us a bit about yourself. Yes, my name's Lydia. Um, I'm an ASH project worker at an organisation called Cypher Fireside, which is very difficult to spell (laughs) and very difficult to say phonetically on the phone. Uh, But yes, Cypher Fireside, it's a day centre based in Digbeth, Birmingham. Um, and it's um, a centre supporting people who experience homelessness or, you know, who are vulnerably housed, um, aged 25 and plus. You know, vulnerably housed, what does Mm -hmm. that mean? So there's there's quite a few kind of different ways of looking at homelessness. So there's kind of the um, maybe the more obvious one, the more known one, rough sleepers. Um, So people that are kind of entrenched, um, you might see them in sleeping bags or bedding down in the streets. Um, But there's, there's other kind of things as well that sometimes get missed. Um, so there's some kind of examples. So if you're statutory um, homeless, um, often means that, you know, you could approach the council where you're living isn't um, suitable. But there's other kind of things as well. So there's kind of like hidden homelessness. So, you know, that's people that are, that are stuck in hostels for like two years plus and um, people that sofa surfing um, and people that are kind of precariously housed. There's, you know, issues with like landlords, you know, dodgy landlords, you hear about that quite often. Um, and just people that, that are just trying to hold on, really. So there's many different kind of forms of homelessness. You say holding on. 
Yeah. I think a lot of us are experiencing at the moment with the cost mm. of living and every time you go into a supermarket, something's gone up and yeah. that, that and it's not even like treading water at the moment. Is it? You feel like you're, you're just gasping for air, waiting yeah. for a break. Mm. And for these poor buggers, and like we've worked like with Black Country Women's Aid, people in refuge, these poor people, it's like, you know, when you go on holiday and you've left your phone charger, oh, it's mm. in the world. These poor buggers have had to leave on a split notice mm -hmm. and they've left everything behind. Yeah. And how dreadful that is. Yeah. And these people on the on the streets who are looking at them in a in a wet or a soiled bag in wet socks and and their all their belongings around them. Mm. That could be their pet, the pet dog they care for or any photos, memorabilia they've managed to cling on to. Mm -hmm. How tough that must be. It's been, I mean, they're, they're out every day of the year, aren't they? But this time of year, when it's wet and cold, it's even harder, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, we do have things, that, well, I say, the, the council do put things in, like the SWEP, so it's severe weather emergency protocol. So, you know, if, if the temperatures reach a certain level and it's actually dangerous to be on the streets, there, there are provisions to support people. Um, but unfortunately, again, that is kind of a temporary basis. So I know a lot of people kind of, obviously, like you've said, leading up to Christmas especially, um, people do start to think about what more can be done. And, and that's really positive. That's a good thing to come out of it. I mean, the worst thing, especially in this country, no matter where you're, if you're on your holidays, once you're wet here, mm. you don't get dry. Yeah. At least, you know, we have the luxury of going home, putting your jumper on the radiator or yeah. whatever. But when you've got to stay wet, oh, isn't it miserable? Yeah. Yeah. And it stays with you as well, doesn't it? It massively impacts your mood. Yeah, it's a lot. So with the day centre, kind of what we hope to do is to be those kind of that opening space where people can come in. And even if it's just something small, like a change of socks yeah, or, yeah. you know, accessing breakfast, if that's the first meal you've had, that kind of thing. That's what we aim to do is to be the kind of one stop shop almost um, to provide not only those immediate needs, but the kind of other things that come with it. So, you know, things like maybe the emotional trauma they've experienced. Mm. It's the idea is that we're that hub in Birmingham because um, we're for Birmingham wide. It's not just kind of set locations um, just to kind of be that place where we can signpost and refer on and get all of those specialist services involved. But you say with trauma, mm -hmm. I never met any when we were at school. And it's what you want to be. I want to be a boxer, a footballer, a builder, an accountant, yeah. national. I never met anyone who wants to be homeless or mm. be an addict. Yeah. You know, it, that's yeah. the circumstance that life yeah. has put upon people. It is. And homelessness can happen to anybody. Oh, so anybody. Anyone can kind of slip into that for a lot of reasons, kind of, you know, your breakdown of your relationship, unemployment. Um, again, like I've mentioned, maybe rogue landlords. Mm. Um, there's quite a lot of fleeing domestic abuse. So that there's a lot really that can happen to anybody. So that's the, the kind of message to drive home as well, isn't it? That, you know, this isn't choice. It isn't a, a lifestyle choice, as some may have commented on recently. <laughs> no one's mm. chosen to, to fall into that. And you're seeing how you're seeing a part of someone's life, mm. aren't you? Yeah. It's like when you see Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're seeing uh, the muscles. You're not seeing how hard he had to work yeah. to get the muscles. Yeah. That's that's the happy side of it. But you're not seeing all the sad things that have happened to this person to leave them where they are at this particular time, mm -hmm. in the wet, cold and desperate. Yeah. 
and it's really humbling as well when when we do get the opportunities to sit and chat to the clients and and hear some of their incredible stories it is really humbling and there's also we're quite fortunate that you know where we are in at cypher um there's kind of there's things that we can put in place such as you know like job clubs mm. um helping with computer literacy helping with english classes um that's kind of how it runs really at cypher we almost split into kind of three frontline teams so the front the first team um is the homeless intervention team so that's um that we're open from 9 a.m onwards and that's where you know clients can come and access their immediate needs so there's hot meals there's showers um washing machine service clean clothes um and that's where clients can really access their immediate needs so they can see the nurse there um the Birmingham City Council housing advisors and signposting to services. And then um, throughout the day, we've kind of split it a little bit. So then moving forward from half 10 onwards is more kind of focused on prevention. So that's that's the team that I work for, the adult support hub. Um, and like I said, we sit under prevention and the aim is for kind of like tenancy sustainment. So we would look then um, to help clients who are precariously housed to sustain their tenancy to hopefully prevent from experiencing homelessness. Um, and that's kind of then where we would look at things like their well-being, um, mental health, if there's any substance misuse, um, and just kind of refer on and get those services involved. Um, and a lot of it is about empowering clients themselves, and it's also about advocating for their needs sometimes mm -hmm. and, and giving, helping them have that voice and that platform to say, actually, this is what I need at this time. Empowering people, because as you say, when you're vulnerable, mm -hmm. you've lost your spark, you've yeah. lost... And you know this paperwork it's so daunting and how once you've lost your own value well how is he how am i going to get a job mm -hmm. how they can once you get in that spiral that's why you need advocacy to have someone to talk on behalf of you and say you're not a bad person mm -hmm. you're just going through a bad circumstance or just because you've done bad things doesn't mean you've got to continue to do bad things and it's yeah. having that that lifeline isn't that beacon of love that can hopefully shed a light on the situation mm -hmm yeah of course of course and there's a lot of kind of things so what we would do is um you know like for example social workers if someone mm. requires a social worker we'll make that referral and we'll help the client to to engage with them um substance misuse we use change grow live quite often which is a good service in birmingham um and it's kind of just finding finding that that level so what clients want as well because there's no point implementing oh you need xyz it's got to come from the client themselves and, and where they want to be are you seeing more because of the cost of living are you seeing more within your prevention team now more more around people not being able to afford a rent which obviously leads to disgruntled landlords yeah. as well as renters then you know you see more of that just because of cost of living yeah definitely seen an increase in that and things like people needing to access food banks has increased quite a lot yeah. um there's there's a good scheme called your pantry so it's kind of you can go and get your weekly food shop and it depends on the site but it can be like three pounds um and again the idea is to kind of as much as as much as is feasible um to steer away from things like food banks and trying to again a bit more empowerment mm. um but those kind of things have had to had to you know become a thing <laughs> because yeah. of the cost of living crisis so it's definitely felt and i think as well that's generally kind of an assumption where um oh you know if you're employed or you know this and that you're going to be cushy you're going to be okay and, and that's not always the case either like everyone from time to time will need a helping hand um and i think that's definitely what's come out of this as well the cost of living crisis that again it can affect everybody
Yeah, I think people are realising that as mm. well. You know, as as money's got tight and people are trying to move around, there's more people on that borderline of being homeless. Yeah, you know, you kind of yeah. one missed rent payment from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, do you have a lot of um, when people have come out of like prison or uh, other establishments? Because when you come out of jail, it's so hard. They're saying, "Don't be a criminal and yeah. don't this," but then they've they've set you free with no money, no lodgings, no friends, no this, and it's it's so hard to stay clean and stay law abiding when you've got so little. Yeah, yeah, and it's true. It's a valid point. We do have, um, you know, some people they have um, got offences. Obviously, they're free from judgment. You know, tending cipher. It's about kind of you know helping them um, to re-engage with society, really, and mm. get involved in different services. So spring housing is quite a good one that we have a good connection with. Um, and again, it's offering accommodation. It's offering kind of well-being support um, and a lot. So with our recovery team as well, which is the third um, frontline team, their kind of role is that journey to independence. So kind of um, developing life skills. Um, again, like I mentioned, you know, like job club and English classes. But they've also got a lot on kind of men's support group, uh, music and art therapy. And yeah, like you say, it's, it's based on kind of it's geared towards recovery and then obviously regaining society, rejoining society again. Well, your support groups are great. So you need something for everyone, don't you? Some mm -hmm. people can sit around and have a chat. Some people need to do woodwork. Some people need to have a sing along. Some people, yeah. I think, more avenues we've got to getting people better, surely it's got to be better, hasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I think when you've got life like uh, like-minded souls, or you've got people with lived experience, mm -hmm. then it's not like a a, a safe by the school, a safe by the bell after school special. Yeah. You've got real people going, "Don't reverse. I've been there." Yeah, it does get easier. Yeah, you've got to be trustworthy. You've got to give trust to get trust, and mm -hmm. we can get there together. Yeah. And we've got some really nice new incentives as well. So we're working with um, Geese Theatre at the moment. Um, so they've worked in prison settings um, and they're obviously based at the day centre at the moment. And it's all about kind of creative outlets as well. Yeah. And a lot of those people have got lived experience. Um, we do also have a lot of kind of volunteer roles and, and peer mentor roles as well of people that have got lived experience. And that's very beneficial because it's someone to connect to as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like you say, you've not just got sympathy for what's going on, you've got empathy there. Um, and it's been, yeah, it's proved really beneficial for the clients. I heard someone say once, uh, someone read on here, I can't remember it was, the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm -hmm. And more things you can connect with, positive connections, yeah, easier it becomes. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of kind of what, what we're there to do as well is to try and prevent that kind of, because um, I've I mentioned trauma quite a lot for already, um, but it's trying to prevent that from people having to keep retelling their story yeah. and, and that kind of thing. So it's about, like I say, all coming together in one space to work out what is it that you need today. Well, we've said that a lot with uh, the mental health services. Mm. Uh, you go and tell Kev all about it, and you go, oh, great, and then you don't see Kev, and then you've got to tell Lee again. Then you've got yeah. to go, and if you can, well, every time, it's when, when I choose to tell my story as we're doing now, we can... I can tell it because I feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. But when you're already in the trauma and you're feeling vulnerable and to have to keep going over it, it knocks you about every yeah. single time, doesn't it? Yeah. So if you have got that mechanism, that 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 structure of fair play, you've said it. Mm -hmm. Let's put a peg in it now. Yeah. If we need to refer to it, it's in your notes. Yeah. But we haven't got to make you keep saying it because it's it's physically and mentally hurting you. Yeah, it's exhausting. It is. Yeah. So you've had twelve rounds because. It hurts just as much. Mm. 
And it's great to have in place like you because we have come in some ways so far with the, the, the kind, wonderful organisations who are giving food, giving shelter, giving blankets to people. Mm-hmm. But it's the higher-ups who've got to start doing more now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And we need more laws changing. And I said to you downstairs, I was uh, making you a lovely cup of coffee. For Which obviously I'm still swinging on it. Cheers. <laughs> uh, uh, in the madness of the lockdown, we found places for all of our homeless. And I believe in Scotland, every homeless has got the right to accommodation. Mm. When England was so far behind. Yeah. And when you see these derelict factories and you see these derelict houses and you see these, you think, well, sure, there's something we could be doing to making these into something where people can go and get dry, get wash get sheltered yeah and i think there's a lot i mean obviously funding it is always quite a big isn't it which like you might have mentioned it sometimes it sits above us isn't it in our decision making but i think a lot of it is to invest in you know the, the infrastructure that's already there make these yes. things happen put the money into it and the same as the kind of support services because there is still a gap there's still services where we need something to kind of slot in the middle yeah um and things like, you know, creating more roles for support workers that are able to do that, working alongside the councils um, and, and the landlords as well, and, and making sure that there's legitimate landlords and legitimate checks and people have got the rights and they're aware of their rights as well. So there's definitely a lot more to be done, um, but hopefully we can start seeing that. I always think like, and uh, people will say Maggie Fasture with the, the right to buy. Mm. Which I, I like the idea. You, you've got the right to buy your thing, so then you go from working class to middle class. But on every house that was bought, there should have been houses built in, in place. Mm. And there is such massive waiting lists of council flats, council yeah. houses. Yeah. And then, so I have to go and rent, and then you're ripped off and you haven't got a leg to stand on. Mm. And you become so desperate to get out of a situation, necessarily. And then you get more and more in debt, you get more and more frightened, and then Fear's a funny old bugger, isn't it? Mm. I know I say the best friend of any mental health is loneliness. And when you're frightened alone and your world starts crumbling in, then you start getting desperate and you start mm. doing things that you necessarily wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Drink, drugs, as well as all the other catalogue of uh, mm. bad things. And before you know it, you're in the hole. Yeah. And it's somewhere that you honestly believed you could never see yourself of being. But it could happen to anyone, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it could happen. I mean, it's an addiction, isn't it? And and it's 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 almost like medicine for the soul for some people. Yeah. If if they're in destitute conditions, it's what they might turn to. Um. So again, it's kind of putting that preventative in place, isn't it? And saying, look, what can we do? What can what can be done? Um. But yeah, it's it is a very rewarding line of work, very humbling, um, and very challenging as well. But yeah, it's great organization do you see like from very young mm. do you see many children in, the, in your organization so so with us um we're kind of aimed at 25 and above yeah. um but there is an organization just around the corner from us called st basil's and that's 25 and below yeah. um so you do see i mean we've had the occasion where you know someone will walk in and you'll have to say oh hang on how old are you and we still support them yeah um, they can still access food and things like that but it will just be a case of right we're walking around the corner this is the best service for you um but yeah you, you do you do see some situations for sure but you know if like you're a, a mommy or a, a daddy mm. and you've got your children who are under 25 yeah would that be you guys who looked at or do you 
collaborate with different organisations? Yeah, so like I said, we would, we'd never turn anyone away. And similarly, so with our team, the ASH, the Adult Support Hub, we do a lot of outreach. So we go out into the communities um, and it could be things like, you know, your local community um, hub, your local um, food pantry, your local job centre. We'll be based there um, and we'll kind of give that advice and guidance. And a lot of the times families do approach us there and they'll not necessarily be homeless, but they'll be in precarious housing. So there's various different issues which you know it's it's kind of on the cusp potentially um and it's things like knowing what services are around that that will specifically help families um and a lot of that it's it is financial it is kind of well-being it's things like accessing you know the right health care um, so that's something we've definitely come across um but we would never turn anybody away well one of the main reasons we started this podcast i had to talk about mental health mm. all the years ago but there is so many wonderful organisations out there, but people don't know about them. Yeah. And I was thinking on like Black Country Radio or Midlands Today or whatever it is, Central News, there should be a segment on everything saying if you're homeless, if you know someone who's uh, been human trafficked, if you've got a disability, every time a little segment saying, or oh, where you're from, click on. Yeah. Because there's so much good out there, but you don't know about it. Yeah. There's a great tool, and I'll be honest, I need to have a look for our local area, but there's a great tool in Birmingham. It's called um, Connect to Support, and you go on the website and you put in postcode, um, mm. and it comes up with all the different kind of services. So it's still something that's, you know, in process, that always gets updated and, and works on, but it, it is a fantastic tool to kind of find what's going on and where. What's that again? Um, Connect to Support. Yeah, so if you if you pop it into Google, it comes up and it is very useful. Even in my kind of casework, because we also casework, um, I'm always on it. I probably say on a daily basis. And you know, not being from Birmingham as well, when I first stepped into the role, um, I did so much research into what's around and created this spreadsheet, which thankfully we all use now. So it's shared amongst the organisation, um, and it's just kind of like oh. So you need support financial and then there's kind of like all your different financial options and immigration support, um, you know, domestic abuse support. So it's something that we're continuing to work on, but it's definitely been of use, especially for me. <laughs> Black country lass. So what would you say, like someone who's, let's go through the, the three stages of homelessness. Mm -hmm. Say someone is on the street or you've got someone who you know is on the street. Yeah. What would be the first advice that you would say to him or her? Yeah, so there's there's kind of a few few things. I mean, if you're comfortable to, to have a chat to that person, I mean, one of the biggest issues for people that are, are street homeless or experiencing homelessness is kind of that idea of just being neglected, of just mm. people walking past you on the street, not even acknowledging you. I mean, often if someone stopped me and I've said, oh, hello, you okay? They'll be like, oh, thank you. You're the first person that mm. stopped today. And it's just even that little thing, that social interaction goes a long way. Um, so it, for that, it, I mean, if you're in Birmingham, I would definitely say signpost as much as you can to places like, you know, Side for Fireside, which is based in Digbeth, where they can get their, their kind of needs met there. But there's also provisions throughout the city. So there's places where, you know, Fido Nido, just around the corner, Cars Lane, where they do a lot of hot food as well. Um, but also, if, if you're kind of passing by, um, there is a website called Street Link. Um, and you can just log on there and you can say, you know, you've come across someone who's bedded down, that's um, rough sleeping, this is their description, this is where they'll be. Um, and the aim there is that someone will um, do outreach, rough sleepers team, and they'll go out and meet them and just check in with them. And who's and that again? Um, that's rough, rough sleepers. That's um, Street Link. 
because sometimes like people people aren't sure how they should act mm. either because you hear that oh, I don't give no bloody money because they're not going to spend it on gear or booze yeah. but really as soon as that pound leaves your hand it's no longer your pound is it mm. and if you want to give it to them some people want to go and give them food some yeah. people want to go and give them a hot drink I went with me and my wife went in for a meal the other day and um, I said to her, could we have our food to take? And I'll go and give it to someone in Brum. Mm. So we went and uh, we walked around for a while, funny enough. We found these guys went, excuse me, I've uh, got a lamb curry. And he said, sorry, mate, I'm a vegan. Yeah. I thought, oh, well, <laughs> too shy, you know. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, but some people rather do that, don't they? Mm. Can I give you this? Yeah. Some people, a couple of pounds. And I think, remember, whether you're ignoring them, whether you're giving them the time of day, it's a human being. Yeah. It's someone's child. They've had a a life. So treat them as a human being, not as just litter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not something you step over and it, it's got to be exterminated. It's that's someone's life. And if you haven't got the confidence to go over, maybe just acknowledge them by smiling. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I, mean? I think a lot of it's media driven that every homeless person chooses to be homeless and yeah or, or they're not homeless and they, they walk around the corner and get in a car and got a big mansion at the end you know it's a big media thing yeah. isn't it whereas there probably is that going on let's let's be honest but it's it's no one chooses to put a duvet down and sleep on the floor so sometimes that, you know. when they are leaving and getting into a car it's not their car they're working for someone, mm. maybe for drugs, maybe in human traffic. As you say, people aren't choosing that lifestyle, are they? Mm. I think there's a lot as well. Just talking from personal experience, there's a lot of like if, if someone's got a mobile phone or they've got trainers on, there's that thing of, oh, well, where have they got the trainers yeah, from? They've got where have they got the phone yeah. from? And the thing is, especially with the phone, like, you need your phone in this day and age, yeah. don't you? Things like, you know, accessing your journal, connecting with your family, like making your doctor's appointments. Digital inclusion, that is something that's vital to everybody, including people that are experiencing homelessness, if not more so, <laughs> connect them to the right services. So you do find that a lot. There is still that kind of stigma in terms of, you know, what they wear and where they got that from then. So it's, yeah, it's challenging those stigmas as well along the way. Stigmas are though, aren't they? Being mental health mm. in, in anything, and we get focused, we get hooked on what we believe is the truth, yeah, instead of actually going to the horse's mouth, mm. you know. And as I say, sometimes that bit of kindness, you look hungry, Bert. What do you want? Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm not saying I'm gonna go and get you a bloody steak sandwich, but it's a bag of crisps, or yeah, yeah, and maybe that pound, maybe that, maybe that couple of cans or bag of whatever is on. Might be keeping them alive just enough so we can get better. Mm. Yeah. We, we get better at the right moments, don't we? Yeah. We don't get better when people want us to get better. We get better when either we want to or it's our time to get better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's true. It's not one size fits all, is it? No. Yeah. It'd be easy solved if it was, wasn't mm. it? Have you found like addiction has gone up big around there? Because, you, you know, it was always like um, heroin or it was crack. Yeah. But then there's a lot of spice out there, and there's loads of different variants of different drugs. I, I ain't got a clue what they are now. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, they've they've come like um when they're like synthesi- um, synthesized drugs, and mm. the, you know we've 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 changed it. So it was when like, the legal drugs are coming out, and then they've they've bis bas bossed it, and they've you see sometimes when they're on it, they're like, they they am like zombies. Mm. Just, yeah. 
We do. We do have a lot um, of substance misuse at the day centre and people that we case work with. Um, we are quite fortunate that we're part of um, the homeless pathway. So we get a lot of information distributed to us. So, you know, if there's this up and coming drug that everyone seems to be talking about and mm. we, we do have that kind of knowledge, which has been very beneficial. Mm. Um, we are naloxone trained as well. So we do have um, kind of the equipment that if someone was unfortunately to overdose that we've got the kind of training and, and the stuff that we need to help. Um, so, yeah, there is that. We do experience that. We do have um, AA classes, Al Alcoholic Anonymous, and NA classes, Narcotics Anonymous. <laughs> Get my teeth in. Um, so we do have those kind of classes at the centre as well. Um, so it's just kind of informing clients as well. If this is what you're going to do, this is how you're safe. To make sure that you're safe while you're taking those measures. And I think even some like, like needle bins. Mm. Get in place if they can do it. Make it as safe as you can for them and make it safe for the other people around them. So once you've used it, put them here so there's no danger to someone else. And if you are going to use, have clean needles. Yeah, yeah. It's about yeah. helping to educate as well, isn't it? And just saying that obviously these are the support services to help you if and when you choose that you don't want to go down this path anymore. Um, but whilst you are doing that, this is how you, you're safe and this is how you can look after yourself. Look after yourself and others around you. Yeah. If these are choices that you're going to make, let's make it as safe as we can. Mm. And by shouting and bawling and throwing someone in jail isn't necessarily going to stop them from doing it. Mm. This is the path they're going to walk. Let's make it safe. Yeah. Or as safe as yeah. we yeah, can. Sure. And if they've got a wound, if they've got something from issues in the veins are all packing mm. in, let's get them seen too. Yeah. Let's get them so they're not going to feel like they're going to get in trouble for being poorly. Yeah. And I think that's where we overlap with the mental health industry. Like sometimes hey, they'll be treated better in prison as they will in an institute. Mm. If this person hasn't chose to be bully, he, he hasn't decided to have schizophrenia or, or have depression or bipolar. Mm. So let's once again treat him as a poorly person instead of a criminal. Mm -hmm. And even with the jail, let's treat the person, let's treat why are you reoffending? Yeah. Yeah, it, do you feel yeah. do you feel safer in here than you do out there? Yeah, and if you do, something's gone terribly wrong. Yeah, and you do you come across people that are really institutionalised as well? That that's literally all they've ever known. Mm -hmm. So to kind of like you mentioned earlier, so then be like, right, you're out, then off you go. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. kind of it's working with probation, it's working with those those services to find out, you know, where this person needs to be and when and what kind of steps they need to take. From care mm. to Borstal to Nick, and yeah. that, that's the only life they've ever had. Yeah. And when any change from good change to bad change is frightening, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, well, it's the best of the devil I know. I feel safe in this cycle. If I change, what becomes of me? Yeah. Who am I then? Yeah. I mean, how many years have you been working in this kind of industry? So, yeah, so um, I've been in this role at Cypher Fireside for two years now. Mm. Um, and then previously to that, I've done a lot of voluntary work. So I volunteered at a day centre um, for adults with mental health and learning disabilities. Mm. And I've also worked, um, I was in Calais in France um, with refugees and asylum seekers there. So I've done a lot of voluntary really leading up to this. And um, 
went to university and kind of studied international development. So it's it's always been at the centre of kind of what I wanted to do. Um, I mean, even when I was a kid, I remember we had um, an abandoned church at the top of our road. And I was like, mom, mom, we need to campaign. Like, we need to, that's it. It can be a homeless shelter. <laughs> Write my little posters up. Like that, that yeah. was something that I, I do remember doing. Um, so and, and fortunately, my family as well. We've always been like everyone's in kind of a similar kind of sector of work. Like my, my eldest brother supports um, new dads who might have depression or other kind of mental health issues, and then my mom works at a day centre supporting adults with mental health. So, I've, unfortunately, I've kind of been surrounded by that kind of thing, and that's always what's kind of driven us. But yeah, two years in this role. What was Cali like with the refugees? Actually, seen it first hand. Um, it was it was haunting. <laughs> yeah, mm. it was. Yeah, it was a really, really um harrowing experience. But I was very fortunate. I was there for six weeks. Um, and again, kind of similar work in the sense of the actual kind of practical provisions. So we'd donate food, clothing, um, phones, um, and then kind of work on more things like you know, um, unfortunately, it wasn't housing there. It was kind of like just how to be safe really against against the police brutality and how terrible that is you know what i mean yeah. it's anything that you just said that like food shelter and phones mm. it's like your phone has become your new water kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It's, just, it's your life it's your, it's your tablet it's your so i could talk to mom back at home mm -hmm. i can never find work yeah i can do, 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 and it's all your things and god forbid a bit of social you yeah. know what i mean if you can stare yeah, at a, sure. a kitten for a little bit, you know, it's... Yeah. it's... yeah. And it's connecting you with people, isn't it? It's connecting you with the out, the outer world and seeing what's going on for everybody else. And so we just brushed over, like, saying, like, the police brutality, was it terrible over there? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much I should no, say. I no, like, that's <laughs> yeah. no, that's no, fine. Yeah. No, it was. It was. It was harrowing. It was very difficult to witness. You don't hear about that, though, do you? You no. kind of just see the boats coming over here and people moaning that the mm. boats are coming over yeah. yeah so i didn't know that that was going on to be quite honest yeah. so it's well with them um, uh because obviously i was a volunteer and the thing that they mentioned was oh you might get tear gassed while you're here <laughs> uh, but if you do remember you can breathe that was the kind of advice that i was given and i had to write a number on my arm and they said that um if i get stopped i should ask for a translator a lawyer and a doctor and the doctor was to prove that i wasn't bruised when i went in so that was that was very much the reality of the situation. But you know, I got to come home and mm. I get to tell this now and be like, this is a reality, guys. So, you know, at the time I worked at Asda, big up Asda Briley Hill. But it was um <laughs> it was definitely a shock when people were coming in and moaning about the ham that they couldn't get. And I just thought, these people haven't got a home, they've got nothing, mm -hmm. and you're moaning because you haven't got your special ham. Mm. <laughs> so it's yeah, open my eyes for sure. But isn't that the world, you know? And mm. I remember like the other Christmas. The Christmas of the first lockdown. It was all I want for Christmas is just to see my mum. Mm. All I want is for all the Dylans to be sat around the dinner yeah. table. And we were all we all had that humbleness. We were all going, yeah. you know what? The next Christmas, all I want for Christmas a PS4 and a Lambert. <laughs> and I think it, it was only last year. So we we have the chance to learn from the lessons and we just brush them under the carpet, don't mm. we? You yeah, know what I mean? And thinking Look, life goes on, doesn't it? And you just, does, before you know, it's in the past and it's not in your, your memory again. But we've mm -hmm. got to have that pause, mum, to go in. Well, all I wanted two years ago last year was to see my mum. Now I've got my mum. Yeah. Maybe I've had I enough of her. No, <laughs> but maybe I don't need the new pair of jeans. Maybe I don't need... Maybe what I've got is enough. Mm. 
because we're all on the strive to get bigger and better and work our way up the ladder. And you go, well, actually, the step I'm on is quite great at the moment. Mm. And just enjoy it. And maybe yeah. like, and think to yourselves now, guys who are listening to this, when you're walking past and you've got a pocket full of shrapnel, that couple of quid could make all the difference. Yeah. That couple of quid could make could be the difference. Yeah. It could be the, the straw that broke the camel back and tomorrow they will get better. Or it might just keep them sane for an extra night. It might stop them from doing something they can't come back from. And I mean, there's, on that note as well, there's some really wonderful kind of fundraising things that are coming up, especially for Cypher Fireside. And it's not the kind of, you know, oh, yeah, chuck us a tenner. There's, there's kind of a varied things. So there's um, a belly laughs, comedy and food festival. Okay. So that's coming up in February, I believe. Um, and we did a similar thing last year. So there were 30 gigs over like 28 um, independent venues. And some of the money, some of the proceeds went towards Cypher. And that was wonderful because it kind of brought together everybody was there in that shared moment of comedy yeah. and they can enjoy themselves, but you knew it's kind of going to a good cause. Yeah. Um, and similarly, we've got also a pop-up shop coming up at the Custard Factory. Yeah. Um, and it's similar things. So like there's a local artist, there's vintage clothing, there's um, punks and chances who perhaps out quite a lot of merch. And it's kind of, you get something directly back from that as well so it's it's not just your standard which is very appreciated obviously appreciated but mm. especially in this day and age it's quite difficult to part with that sometimes so if you seem see to get something back from it it's, it's a good what's, what's a better way of you know knocking down boundaries than having a laugh and breaking mm. bread yeah you know what i mean having a meeting having a laugh yeah. what a great way to do it mm. But anything like that, like, please come back on in February or closer to it. Yeah. And uh, come on and tell us all about it. And uh, we'll, we'll always have a Yeah, no, I, um, I presume it's on your website as well. Yeah, so, so yeah, check out the website. Just um, scrolling across the bottom. Oh, so if anyone wants to look and find out more of fundraising. Yeah. yeah um, and and do people fundraise on behalf of you as well? Is it? Yeah. It's so we, people can fundraise if they want for Yeah, them? there's been different things like sleep outs um, and kids have done things with their schools as well. Um, so we've got a wonderful fundraising team. So they take care of all of that. Um, but yeah, you can, you can donate, you can volunteer um help out in the kitchen that kind of thing there's a lot of things like you say it's all on the website um and on the social media as well well we're going to do our lions uh with brand as we do every year so if anyone is clearing out the shed and got toys or baby stuff or household stuff please bring it up in here we'll be collecting up until the 13th of december and they'll be going to charities from we love carers to brown little baby bank to We'll always find somewhere to give it to. So if you've got any spare clothes, toys, odds and sods, bring them to the club. Have again a good home. Lydia, thank you ever so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Uh, we want you back on and talk about all the great stuff. And if anyone you know uh, has got lived experience and they want to come on and tell their story, be a pleasure. Have you got any quotes and sayings that have helped you get through life or for your organisation? Oh, it's a good question um be the change you wish to be in this world i feel like i've paraphrased that but it's always a good one <laughs> yeah that's lovely well guys until we see each other next week oh we've got dr lloyd coming back on we're going to be talking about prostate cancer because we know it's november and uh something's close to my heart prostate cancer so we'll be talking about that next week so guys i want you to take care of yourselves and each other Ta-ra a bit listen listen and that's a wrap for another show. 
But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta a bit. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta a bit. Listen, listen, listen.